Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Really good to be with you today. Might just bring that up a little higher. That's great. Excellent. How is everyone this morning? How's the rest of you? Good. Great to see. What a great church. Talking about you. The building's okay. I'm talking about you. So, always love being here at, uh, at LifeGate. I was with you in May, I think, and uh, gave a message on your money matters. And so, good to be back today. Hello to everyone online. And so, yeah, really good to be with you this morning and be uh, able to contribute to your series on We Are the Church. Uh, I'm going to share a message called United We Stand. Why don't you say those three words with me? United We Stand. One more time. United we stand. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Whenever two or three get together in your name, there's just that sense of your nearness and closeness, and we sense that today. And so uh, as I share this morning, um, I don't know what's happening in everyone's life, but you do. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit who can take my words and appropriate them to every person listening to this message today, that we could be the kind of church you had in mind, Jesus, when you said, I will build my church. Thank you for LifeGate. Bless us all today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, When I was a young pastor quite a few years ago, um, I had a little incident that uh, I want to uh, recall with you today. Uh, I'd just taken over an existing church. I was the third minister. It was Waverley Christian Fellowship back in those days. And in my first year, we made quite a few changes. And one of the things we did is we trained a prayer team. And so we got a whole bunch of people together, and we did some training nights on how to pray for people for uh, various needs, etc. I remember one Sunday morning, uh, we, we were worshiping like we are today. The meeting was coming to an end. I said, I'd like all of our prayer team to come to the front. And so all the prayer team that we've been training over many weeks came to the front. I said, if you're here today and you have a need in your life, we'd love to pray for you. Our teams uh, all prayed up. And so people started pouring forward. And there was really, really good ministry time taking place where we're worshiping uh, well. There was one guy in our church, and um, I won't tell you his name, but he was a bit of a maverick. Uh, does, does that word connect here? He, he always kind of did his own thing, uh, had strong opinions. A- anyway, he didn't come to our prayer team training, but on that Sunday morning, he walked to the front and started praying for people. So I'm up front, and we're worshiping, and I'm seeing him come forward and starting to pray for people, and I'm annoyed. Anyone ever been annoyed? Not, not you, but... Uh, And so in the middle of worship, I went down and I went to the front and I started basically sharing my annoyance with him. And I said, listen, uh, this is our prayer team. We've trained them. You weren't at the prayer training. You shouldn't be here uh, praying for people at this time. It's only for the prayer team. Uh, Please, would you go back to your seat? Anyway, so a little bit of uh, some intense fellowship, we could call it. Uh, And he went back to his seat and I got back up on stage. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And anyway, finished the meeting, went home, uh, having lunch, and uh, I was chatting to my wife, Nicole. I said, hey, you know what happened today? And I told her the story, and uh, and she goes, "Uh, do you think you handled that well? Yeah, yeah, I was right. He was wrong. Thanks for your support. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, I went and sat down and just had a little check in my... My, my, my spirit, my conscience, so I thought, yeah, probably could have handled that better. So um, 
I got on the phone and I called him. I said, hey, hey, it's Pastor Mark here. Bit of silence on the other end. I, I just, and then I said, I just want to apologize for how I handled this morning. I got a little bit more aggressive than I need to. I also confronted you in other people, and, and I didn't really handle that really well. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Long pause on the line. And he said, sure. And then he said, actually, I'm sorry too. I, I shouldn't have really come forward. I wasn't on the team. And, and suddenly there was some peace back in the relationship. And it was a learning lesson for me. My point is, united we stand. And protecting the unity of our relationships in our family, at work, if you're part of a social team or group, and particularly in the church, protecting the unity is really, really important. As it's been said, united we will stand, but divided we fall. United, we'll stand. Divided, we will fall. But how many know protecting the unity is not easy? Thank you for those two amens. People can be annoying. Have you discovered that? People can be annoying. Of course, we can be annoying too. Uh, but people can be annoying. Uh, I think I shared last year a message on relationship, and I talked about how every church has what I call Mr. and Mrs. Sandpaper. People who just kind of rub you the wrong way, you know, if you're sitting next to one today, just look straight ahead. <laughs> People who rub you the wrong way, they just annoy you. And, and, you know, you could leave this church and go to another church and you'll find they've got cousins everywhere. <laughs> There's always going to be someone who's going to offend you, someone who's going to annoy you. And even Jesus said, it's inevitable that offenses will come. Conflict is normal, and getting angry, getting annoyed is normal. And let me say, if you haven't had a conflict in LifeGate yet, you haven't been here long enough. <laughs> or you need to get out a bit more. It's inevitable. So someone's going to do something to annoy you, to tick you off. It, it, it just happens. And, and you know, the goal is not to get rid of that person. The goal is to go, God, what are you wanting to do in me through this situation? Have you discovered that character qualities develop in situations opposite to the character? For instance, I'm very patient when I'm not waiting for anyone. <laughs> I'm very forgiving when no one has offended me. I'm very resilient when there's no stress in my life. Uh, are you working with me? We actually develop character in situations opposite to the character quality. And so when there's a conflict, when there's a disagreement, it's actually an opportunity not only to protect the unity, but to uh, grow as a follower of Jesus. And so when conflict occurs, uh, don't be surprised. Uh, when you're feeling angry or annoyed, don't be surprised. It's what we do when that happens that matters the most. Uh, but Keeping the unity takes effort. Let's look at our next slide here. Ephesians 4 verse 3, Paul puts it this way. Make every effort. Everyone say the word effort. One more time. Sounds like work, doesn't it? Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So, so unity is so important. Uh, when I'd apologize and resolve that conflict, you could just feel the peace kind of come back into that relationship. But, but it takes, it took a phone call, it took a little bit of humility. Uh, it, it takes effort to keep the unity 
of the Spirit. And, and if we're not careful, uh, the unity will just uh, dissipate and division will occur. It, it, it's so easy for it to happen. Let me give you a little example. I was, I was chatting to David, our bass player today. Let's say David, David and I have a bit of an intense uh, disagreement and, and David's upset and I'm upset and there's a little bit of anger in our conversation and David's annoyed and I'm annoyed. David's talking to Eugene and, and David goes, you know, Mark, he's got an anger problem. Eugene goes, really? Oh, wow. Eugene's talking to Lydia, and Eugene says to Lydia, you know that Mark Connor? He's a violent man. <laughs> Lydia goes, really? But he's got such a nice smile. He seems nice. And then Lydia's talking to Jemima and says, you know that Mark Connor? He's a con man. <laughs> Connor, con man. <laughs> and then Jemima's talking to Pastor Thumbfine and says, you know that Mark Connor? He's an axe murderer. How many can see that it's got a little out of hand here? Come on, work with me. I know this doesn't happen in LifeGate, but this happens in other churches. Now, how many know it's all David's fault? <laughs> because when, when, when there's a conflict, what did Jesus say? Next slide. Jesus said, if your brother or sister sins, annoys, offends you, go. Everyone say Go. And, you know, the original meaning of the Greek word for go means go. <laughs> and so if, if when it happens for David and I, if David would come back to me, if I'd come back to David, we can sort it out here and we don't need Eugene and Lydia and Jemima. Are you following me? We don't need all this going on. Because how many know when I'm hanging around Jemima and she's heard I'm a con man, she's a little cool towards me? But it's nothing between us. It's because we've not obeyed Jesus' command. I'm just, I'm just teasing you, David. We're mates. We're still okay. I haven't offended you. <laughs> if, if we pass it on, if we tell others about the situation, rather than going and sorting it out, then we end up with division in the church, and it causes lots of different issues. So, so it takes an effort. It takes an effort to, when that offense happens, to go and to do our best to sort it out. Uh, conflicts come in all different shapes and sizes, from mild upsets and disagreements to personality clashes. And uh, There's two major ways of dealing with conflict. There's something called flight, which is where we withdraw and avoid the conflict, and there's something called fight, where we go on the attack. And, and we're all wired a little bit differently. And, and there's also two things to consider in a conflict. There's achieving our goals, or what we're trying to accomplish, and there's also valuing the relationship, which may be damaged if we don't handle the situation well. And so, so I wonder what your kind of natural conflict management style is. Uh, we all have different family backgrounds, family of origin. We all have different personalities. And it's, I, I think, helpful to understand some of the different ways we all respond to conflict. Uh, using a few animals from God's amazing zoo, uh, first up, some people are teddy bears when it comes to conflict. Teddy bears are people who so value the relationship that they will even give up their goal, their opinion, just to keep the peace. Some of you in the room are teddy bears. You just want to keep the love in the room, and so you'll just kind of give up on your goal, your opinion, just put that aside to keep the relationship. 
Secondly, some of us are turtles. <laughs> turtles are people who, when there's a conflict, next slide, they, they, they withdraw, they pull their head in <laughs> until the dust settles. They, they will give up on their goals and even the relationship because they hate conflict. They hate tension. And so some of us are a little bit more turtle-like when it comes to conflict. Then there are always in any room, in any family, in any team, there are sharks. <laughs> sharks are people who love a good disagreement and they'll often go on the attack and they're really good at arguing and putting their opinion across and they often win. <laughs> but usually there's a bit of blood on the floor if you know what I mean. <laughs> there's some sharks in the room today. And then thirdly, there's some owls. Owls are very wise animals, and they neither withdraw nor do they go on the attack. An owl tries to value the relationship, but also to think about the goals or the things we're trying to achieve. And so an owl is a wise old bird. I wonder how many teddy bears are in the room today. You don't need to lift your hand. I wonder how many turtles are in the room today. I wonder how many sharks are in the room you might be married to one, or <laughs> how many owls are in the room. And so this is an interesting conversation maybe with your cell group this week, just to talk about what's your natural response to conflict. Here's a tip. All of us have a fallback position. Have you ever seen a teddy bear who morphs into a shark? A really kind, quiet, soft person, and suddenly you go, where did that come from? Well, you push them just a little far, and they morphed into a shark. Have you ever seen a shark morph into a turtle? Someone who's normally aggressive, but then they don't get their way, and so they go and sulk in the corner? Just smile. Just smile. We all have a fallback position. And so I wonder, what, what's your most natural response to conflict? How are the people in your world, your cell group, your family, your workplace, what is their style and how can we learn to manage our own anger and also cleverly manage people who are different than us? There's, there's a fifth animal and that's called the fox coming up now. The, yeah, the fox is a very clever, sly, skillful conflict manager. A, a, a fox is what I call a situational conflict manager. And the fox realizes not every issue needs the same response. On some issues, just be the teddy bear. It's not a big deal. Just value the relationship. Doesn't really matter. On some situations, how many know being a turtle is a good idea? Just leave the room, let the dust settle, let the emotions settle down. Sometimes it's good to be a turtle. Sometimes it's okay to be a little shark-like. Some of you are going, really? There's a big difference between being assertive and being aggressive. And I think sometimes in the Christian world, we almost have a bit of a culture of superficial niceness. Bless you. Thank you. I'm okay. <laughs> we almost kind of become under-assertive and we're so afraid of being aggressive that we don't assert ourselves appropriately. There's an appropriate place to assert yourself and say, you know, I was really upset about that. Hey, that was really hurtful when you said that. You, you know, Paul in the New Testament, he says, do you know I'm a Roman citizen? What's he doing? He's asserting his rights as a citizen. Sometimes we take Jesus' teaching of turn the other cheek to mean we just kind of become a doormat and you never express your feelings. That, that, that's an abuse of that teaching. Paul says, speak the truth 
in love. Some of us are so loving, we never speak the truth. Of course, some people are truthful and not loving in how they communicate it. There's a, there's a place to appropriately assert yourself. And so sometimes, in some situations, you need to speak up and be a little shark-like and say, look, I, I disagree. I, I actually see that differently. Or I'm concerned about that. It's okay to be assertive. That doesn't mean you're being aggressive or damaging the relationship. And then at other times, be, be, be the owl. Just seek to, to, to keep the relationship and also achieve the goals. And so just a few thoughts on different styles. Have a think about that this week. You know, uh, it's, it, conflict occurs, as I said. Anger gets us in trouble but it's pride that keeps us there. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 26 to 32, coming up now. <clears throat> In your anger, do not sin. Notice it doesn't say, don't be angry. You will feel anger. <laughs> anger, is a, anger is a normal human emotion when your rights have been crossed or violated. So, so Paul doesn't say, don't get angry. He says, In your anger, when you're feeling anger, Think about how you respond to that. We can use anger in constructive or destructive ways. And Paul says, in your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. How many know the sun's going down about every 24 hours? What Paul's saying is, hey, deal with conflict as quickly as possible, lest you give the devil a foothold or a window or an access point into your life. Verse 29, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, only that is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So Paul's assuming conflict happens, you're going to have angry emotions. It's what you do with that anger. And you know, it's been discovered that in any relationship, including in a marriage, it's not never having an argument that makes a great marriage. It's your ability to reconnect emotionally after a disagreement that determines the health of the marriage. You will have disagreements. You will have arguments in any relationship. But can we reconnect emotionally afterwards? And just learning those <laughs> magic words, I'm sorry. Uh, would you forgive me? But back to my little uh, disagreement with this man who had come up and prayed. You know, I could have said in my mind, I'm right, he's wrong. In fact, I think in that situation, he was probably 90% wrong and I was 10% wrong. Come on, work with me. We all think that, don't they? And I could have focused on his 90%, but you know what I did? I took responsibility for my 10%. I could have called him up and said, you know what? You were wrong. You shouldn't have been up front. You weren't on the... No, no. I took responsibility for my 10%. It's probably more than 10, but in my opinion. And I said, you know what? I came on too strong. I confronted you in front of other people. I didn't handle it well. Would you forgive me? I'm sorry. By me taking care of my percentage, I started to be a peacemaker. His heart softened. He took care of his, and we're able to resolve that conflict. And so learning to apologize, learning to say, I'm sorry, learning to say, would you forgive me? You know, a conflict, if you've got a rope, it's like knots in the rope. You know, those knots that just kind of suck the life out of the relationship. When you apologize, it's like untying those knots. And you just kind of breathe again in that relationship. 
So conflict's always painful. It's never easy. There are no simple solutions, no easy answers. But as we take the initiative, uh, it so uh, it values the unity of the community. I've, I've learned this. Um, it, we've got to learn to value the relationship over the issue. If you want to be right more than you want to be reconciled, you will not be one who helps the unity of the church. We have to value the relationship over the issue. You know, when my boys, uh, my boys now are 32 and 30, when they were little, they used to fight. Um, When my boys are fighting or disagreeing, as a father, whose side am I on? Come on, whose side am I on? They all want me to be on their side. But you know what my heart as a dad is? Stop fighting your brothers. Now, who hit who? Who took what? The relationship is more important to me than the issues. Now, if we're fighting in church, whose side is God on? Your side, of course. <laughs> you know, when, when, when we're arguing, we're in disagreement in the home and the church, you know what God's attitude is? Stop fighting your family. Now, what happened? If we put the relationship ahead of the issue, then we'll be able to potentially deal with the issue. Uh, we did a little drama uh, many years ago when I was speaking on unity. We had, we had a, um, a, a, uh, we had a um, little stand at the front with a card, and on this side of the card it was green, and on this side of the card it was orange, just right down the middle. And two friends came down the middle aisle, Brett and Adrian. And Brett comes over here, and Adrian goes over there, and Brett goes, hey, check out the green card. And Adrian goes, what do you mean? It's orange. And Brett goes, it's green. Adrian goes, it's orange. Brett goes, you're an idiot. Adrian goes, you're blind as a bat. And then Brett goes to the crowd over here, what is it? And they say, green. Adrian goes to the crowd up here. What is it? They go, orange. Suddenly we've got green, orange. Suddenly we've got division in the church. You know what the word division means? Division. Two ways of seeing the same thing. These two friends are suddenly arguing, abusing each other, calling each other names, and we've got a division in the church of all the green and all the orange. Now, what are we going to do? Well, we could uh, start with the issue and say, okay, Brett, what color is it? What's he going to say? It was green. You can go over here to Adrian and say, Adrian, what color is it? It's orange. You're never going to resolve the issue until you resolve the relationship. And so Brett and Adrian came together and they said, hey, I'm really sorry for calling you an idiot. Sorry for calling you a blind bat. They apologized for all the abusive relationship. And then something magic happened, something powerful. Adrian actually walked over and stood in Brett's shoes and went, my goodness, from where you're standing, I can see it's green. And then Brett went with Adrian and he stood over and looked at it from Adrian's perspective and said, my goodness, it's orange. How many know in every situation there's always multiple perspectives? It just depends where you're standing. And if we just keep fighting over the issue, we'll never resolve conflict. We have to value the relationship and then learn to see things from one another's perspective and 
hopefully see the unity of the Spirit. And so, make an effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. United we will stand, divided we will fall. Uh, sometimes you can sort that out by yourself. You know, me and David can have a chat and we can, we can resolve it right here. And, and if you can do that, fantastic. Sometimes we need help. And uh, it, it's, it's okay to ask for help. I might have told a funny story years ago. Uh, my wife and I, on our day off, we'd often like to drive out to the Dandenongs, and we're out, uh, out in Cardinia there on, on the day off on a gravel road. Uh, we'd been out in the hills, and, and we're, we're, we're driving back home on this gravel road, and we saw a bunch of emus. <laughs> um, you often see kangaroos out there, but we hadn't seen emus. So we stopped and said, oh, let's take a couple of photos. I stopped, and then I reversed, and I didn't realize there was a huge meter ditch to the left of the road. And so as I reversed, the car started to slip down a little bit. Um, and Nicole got out, directed me, and I went forward, and I slipped down further. <laughs> and then I tried to go backward, and I slipped down for- further. Uh, we were stuck. Uh, who are you going to call? <laughs> Good teaching here. <laughs> who are you going to call? RACV. Thank God for the RACV. And so I got on the phone, and uh, I called the RACV. Anyway, it took about 30 minutes, and we had a little bit of intense fellowship during that time about <laughs> my driving skills. Uh, eventually, this old four-wheel drive came along, and uh, a guy with a couple of teeth missing, and, uh, and uh, he stopped, and I said, oh, we're just waiting for the RACV. He says, I am the RACV. <laughs> you know, this is kind of the rural division, you know. So anyway, he, he got in front of us, got his rope out, and pulled us out, and, and off we went. Now, what's my point? It was really embarrassing for me to make that call. You know, like, like I'm, I'm a big boy. Like, I got my driver's license, you know. But, you, but you know, if I hadn't have made that call, we'd still be stuck there. And, you know, sometimes when a conflict is not resolving, it, it can be a little embarrassing to say, hey, I, I think we need a little help with our marriage. Hey, we, we've got this disagreement and we haven't been able to sort it out. Pastor, counselor, spiritual person. It, it can be a little humbling to make the call, but it's so important. Jesus actually said, if someone offends you, go sort it out. And if it doesn't work out, get someone else involved. He doesn't say give up. He says, just, just, just keep working on, if at all possible, resolving that situation. And so united we stand, divided we will fall. Just talk a little bit about church for a moment. Um, Pastor Thom doesn't know I'm saying this, so you just don't listen for a minute. Bring up this little slide here. I love this picture here coming up now. If, if you're listening to the audio of this message, we have a photo of Pastor Tham Fuan dressed as a pirate, and there are natives chasing him. Now, uh, let me just give you a little inside knowledge in our final few minutes. You know, being a church leader, cell leader, uh, pastor, uh, church staff member, it's not easy. It's rewarding. But, but it's not easy. And I, I'm not someone who believes those who work at the church work harder than other vocations. I, I think, you know, most, most people work hard. I know some people hardly work, but most people work hard. <laughs> and so I'm not saying that church work is harder than other uh, vocations. But there's a couple of unique things about church work you need to understand. First of all, in church, work is never done. 
There's never a moment where you go, it is finished. Uh, in fact, if you listen to Talkback Radio, somewhere on Friday, someone will be saying on the radio, thank God it's Friday. Pastors are going, oh God, it's Friday. Because <laughs> weekends are always busy. Work's never done. Uh, it, it's relentless. It keeps coming at you. Uh, in church work, there are no boundaries. Like work will fill as much of your time, evenings, weekends, like it can fill your whole life. If you don't have boundaries, there's just always work to be done. Uh, Not everyone likes you, which is really surprising because we are amazing people. But, 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 but not everyone likes us, and uh, you never make everyone happy all the time. Uh, you know, there's always some people who want more teaching or more worship or more evangelism, more justice, more prophecy, more healing. Uh, the sermons are too deep or too shallow. They're too funny. They're too serious. Uh, you know, the music's too loud. It's too soft. The lights are too bright. It's too dark in the auditorium. Uh, we need a bit more contemporary. We need some more traditional. Uh, now, this doesn't happen at LifeGate, but in other churches. This is the kind of conversation. I coached one pastor that during COVID, he had a, um, he had a vaccinated service, an unvaccinated service, and an undisclosed service. Three different services. I had other pastors that, you know, they're trying to go down the middle and be balanced, and they had all the conspiracy theorists abusing them about them missing what's happening in the world, and all the health professionals saying, why aren't you getting up and telling everyone to be vaccinated? You go down the middle, you get shot at from all sides. Be a pastor, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Now, why am I saying this? You know, this, this, this is the reality of life. It's not easy being a leader, not easy being the point person. You just can't please everyone all the time. So, so what do we do about that? doesn't mean we don't give feedback, but I like a little phrase in Saving Private Ryan. It says, gripe upwards. What does that mean? Oh, if you've got some criticism or some suggestions, you know, don't, don't go sideways to no one that can do anything about it, but gripe upwards. You know, t- talk to that ministry, talk to the cell leader, talk to the pastor. And, and again, don't just talk to them when you've got something negative to say. How many like to work for a boss that you never see, and then when they're upset, they kind of, uh, we call them seagull managers. You, know, you don't see them, and then they flap in, dump on you, and flap out. <laughs> Not very pleasant, is it? So, so, you know, don't let the only time your leader hears from you is when you've got a complaint. Make sure you encourage and you affirm. But if you've got some feedback, uh, give the feedback in a constructive manner. I heard someone say constructive criticism, constructive criticism is when I criticize you. Destructive criticism is when you criticize me. <laughs> You'll get that after lunch. Um, <laughs> if you've got some feedback, then, you know, leaders do want the feedback, but, but do it in a loving manner. Talk to someone who can do something about it. Everyone said amen? amen? Thank you, Mark, for coming today. This is really good preaching. We're really <laughs> glad that you're here. Just encouraging myself a little bit. And so united, we will stand. Divided, we'll fall. Conflict, disagreements, different opinions, they're inevitable. It's what we do when that happens. It's how we handle that. You know, in conclusion, in many ways, we all carry two buckets with us. We carry a bucket of kerosene and a bucket of water everywhere we go. And it's inevitable. Somewhere today, somewhere this week, uh, there'll be a little fire somewhere. (laughs) A little fire, a little, uh, hey, did you hear? 
And, and when, we, when we hear that fire, we've got two options. We can put the kerosene on and go, really? What happened? Tell me more. And, and that fire just spreads. Or we can take the bucket of water and just pop that on there and go, oh, really? Are you sure? Where did you, did you hear that? Hey, why don't we go and chat to so-and-so? You know, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And so don't put kerosene, kerosene on existing fires and, and just spread the negativity. Get that water out. Just let's contain this. What's happening? What can we do about it? How can we resolve this situation? And, and that's every one of our job. Not just the leaders. All of us can work hard to, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And as we do so, Jesus actually said, blessed. Blessed are the peacemakers, because when we make peace, we're most like God. Because, you know, when, when we had a conflict with God, how many know he was 100% right and we were 100% wrong? He didn't bail on us. He actually took the initiative. Jesus came and he sought to make peace with us, and he wants us to be like him. Let's pray together this morning. Dear Jesus, thank you. You are building your church, and it's exciting to see what's happening here at LifeGate uh, the church is growing and flourishing and healthy. Uh, Lord, today we just embrace that truth. United, life gate will stand. Divided, it will fall. And it's not about never having a disagreement, never having a conflict. Help all of us to be better at resolving conflict, having that conversation, uh, making that apology, uh, being that peacemaker. Uh, I, I pray we'd all guard the unity and so just in our final minute here, I, just, I wonder for you today, maybe it's just a general message to go, yeah, 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 we need to keep the unity. Maybe for you today, there's something really specific. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you had a, a bit of a disagreement with someone recently and you're just hoping it'll go away. <laughs> Most conflicts don't go away, they actually get worse. And so maybe for you today, a phone call, a coffee this week, just to go, hey, can we talk about what happened? And just, just to sit down and value the relationship first. And then, then just maybe, like Brett and Adrian, maybe you could stand in their shoes and just start a sentence like this. Help me understand where you were coming from with that. And I just pray that peace and unity will come back into that situation, whether it's in a family, a cell group, a workplace, or, or here at the church. May, may we all do something about what we hear, what we've heard today. And uh, in, in this great congregation, I pray that unity will be a huge strength because we're all working to protect that unity. We'll be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen? Amen. amen. God bless your life, Kate. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.